G'day guys, welcome back to TK's podcast, where we break down the winners, losers and black bookers from each game. The playbook article is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. After a big magic round, TK is still MIA with Nico Hines and the Sharkies failing to get the job done Saturday afternoon against the Finns. Just for this week, it's Riley in the host chair. Before we jump into some fantasy talk, I just wanted to pass on a huge thank you from all the team at Talking League for those who were able to make the live show at Lefty's Saturday afternoon. It was great to have a huge crowd there and it helps the pod grow. Special shout out to Matty Johns and all other past and present NRL players, coaching staff and commentators who made themselves available for a few photos on the weekend. Magic Drowned is a great spectacle for the game's growth and it gets bigger every year. I definitely had FOMO and I'll be booking work holidays for next year. For the listeners, we're just recording this after the Eels and Titans game. This week, I'm joined by Big Shawnee. Fins up, bro. How you going? What would you score yeah, around mate. 10 and how's your rank looking? Yeah, I'm doing real well. Big big Fins win, made TK cry in the corner. Uh, this week, I got a 9.96 and I'm at 702 up from 14.58 last week. How about you? Well, I think it's been a big week, Shawnee, with a few of our love interests going well, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But myself, I scored a respectable 887. My rank actually moved out from just outside 17K, uh, started the week just inside that at uh, 16,849. So a little bit disappointing. I did make a few good trades this week. A big one that did burn me was captaining uh, Hines over Chin. So move into a few main takeaways, though, from the weekend. The chin is one we still need to consider as an elite captaincy op- option. Averaging 68 fantasy points per game before this weekend proves why upgrading Cleary to Hines was potentially not around uh, to do it this week. This week that cost you 54 points, but 108 if you captain Hines. So that did hurt a lot of coaches such as myself. Your team value, though, should be up around the 12.5 million mark now or greater after round 10 lockout is lifted. Ideally, this would be up around 13 mil come round 13. Looking at the ranks, though, most of the top teams currently have a value around the 13 million mark. Buy planning really needs to be the focus now of your trade-ins and trade-outs. Isaiah Katoa potentially saved himself from being a trade this week and maybe a great half option come round 13 to partner SJ, Dillbags or Moses. With 18 trades remaining, though, this week, I'll be looking to hold. No major injuries or suspensions to manage, and my cashies are still making money. Special shout-out to Jakey Granville. 35 fantasy points today, he's uh, stepped back up again. Players such as RFM and Totola, who are on my shopping list, didn't show enough this week to warrant being picked up. What about you, Shawnee? Any trades you're considering on making? No, in an, in an ideal world, I'm holding trades till round 13. I'm pretty happy with everything. And then a couple of those guys that I was looking at, like RFM and Totola, proved to be traps. So I'm pretty stoked I missed them this week. Yeah, I think that's a good a good point there, Shawnee. They're mid-rangers for a reason, and especially as a mid-ranger, I think you do need to give them a couple of dates, and it's a reason uh, why we do wait on uh, players such as RFM, even throw Heel and Lukey in that basket as well. Just touching on a few injuries, though. Gerbo didn't take part in Friday night's game due to a calf injury that's set to really mount up for a month. Capel failed a HIA. Edward Cossey, after a huge tackle on that left wing, failed a HIA and also suffered a dislocated kneecap in the same tackle. Jackson Ford, though, is an interesting one. He didn't return to the field after being simbined. Webster reported after the game that Ford had symptoms around something to do with his head, but he was fine in the Sheds post-game. 
Jesse Bromwich and Branko Lee both missed the Sharkies game with hamstring injuries, but are expected to be fit for round 12. Ewan Aiken had a hamstring complaint at halftime and did not return for the second 40. Today, John Bateman suffered a hamstring injury in the warm-up, but he was struggling with it all week. The Cheese appeared to be discomforted by a shoulder injury late in the game and could be related to his neck injury from last week. Also, Egan Butcher failed his HIA. Quite weak on the suspensions front, though, with fines for Waddell, Ford and Neocore from Friday and Saturday's games. We'll move into a few observations now, uh, starting with the Doggies and Raiders game, Shawnee. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty fantasy-relevant one. Um, I didn't have anyone in the game myself, but there's about eight or nine guys who were shaking up as buys or sells coming into this week and who to target over the origin period. So the big one was Jacob Preston on the Thursday Q&A. About every question was about him. And if you sold him or held him, I think you could be happy either way. Those that sold him shouldn't be too frustrated. He got a 60 with two tries. And now it's probably a hold until round 12 if you do have him. A HIA in the second half hurt Davida Pango Jr.'s score. He finished with a 40 in 44 minutes, but did have 33 points after his first spell in the first half and was back to his offloading best. If he can clean up some of his demerits, he's a solid option from round 14 onwards. As we mentioned, RFM proved to be a trap after his 59 points last week with 35. He still played 50 minutes, but didn't have any of that attacking output, and I wouldn't be too happy having him with Max King still playing in that side. Those who picked up Carl Oluwapu backed it up with a good score of 23, which isn't great from a fantasy perspective, but he was more involved in the Doggies' attack and took some risks in that in that game. For coaches looking for a cash down, he isn't a terrible option, but you need to be comfortable with the fact he's not going to make cash quickly. The top scorer in this game was actually Matty Tomoko, who's shaping up as a great round 13 option if you don't have someone like Manu or Bird. Then following Hudson, Hudson Young had another 57 with a try, but has had three straight 50-plus scores. And if you got him when he was basement price a few weeks back, you'd be pretty happy. But now he's nearly full price again and has a pretty good chance of playing Origin, so I would be avoiding at this point. The horse, Corey Horsburgh, had a great game for coaches that brought him in with 56 points, with it all nearly in the middle with 30 tackles, 180 metres gain, and four tackle breaks. He did put his offloads away unlike last week, but did show some good ball playing in the middle. And he's still a risk of origin selection, but I'd be worried about Ricky Roulette as he played 60 minutes after three straight weeks of 70. For those that didn't bin that to pin, it was a great week with 53 points in 53 minutes, nearly all in base stats. But like Horsburgh, he doesn't seem to have that offload anymore and is probably a hold at this point until round 13. And lastly, in that one, we're looking at the X-Man, Xavier Savage, who got 19 points on the wing, but did include a try. He isn't a strong enough carrier out of the exit sets to get enough base stats from run meters. And he will lose a bit of cash over this time. Until he's at fullback, I wouldn't consider him a buy. Yeah, beautiful, Shawnee. We'll move on to the Broncos and Eagles game now. And I'll start off with uh, Mr. Eyeliner himself, Reese Walsh. Huge bounce back this week with 57 fantasy points in 80 minutes. The big, I suppose, output here is two try assists, a line break, a line break assists, and 13 tackle busts with 163 run metres. So definitely an improvement based on last week. With, I suppose, contention around his position in the Queensland squad, I don't think you can go looking at him just yet. 
He does play round 13, though, so if you did look to pick him up, then he's a premium uh, wing fullback option you could consider. Hamale Olaquadu was strong again on Manly's edge with strong carries and a good combination of attacking and base stats, giving him 60 fantasy points. His form probably does see him land a sky blue jersey come the origin period and isn't a void at this point regardless, unless you don't already have three Eels, Knights and Manly players. Taniela Paseca had another strong game in the middle with 48 fantasy points, coming from 26 tackles, 121 metres gained, four tackle busts and two offloads. Priced at 579k before round 10 and scores of 48, 58 and 48, he's a solid mid option, but you only if you consider if you don't have three Eels, Knights and Manly players already, especially while Gerbo is out. Turbo, on the other hand, finished on 33 and was very quiet as Manly would dominate in attack. Coaches that have him would be happy. He is getting through games unscathed, but as we near origin, he is an urgent sell. So and Cobo have had a dominant game in attack, but he is usually, but that is usually throughout the year. He is very much rocks and diamonds player. Nearing origin, though, he is in a void with a wing spot in the Queensland side beckoning. Coming out of that period, though, he may be a buy, especially with the Broncos continuing to attack so well. Paddy Carrigan and Payne Haas were both dominant in the middle in the first half, both registering 31 fantasy points at halftime, although finishing on 52 fantasy points and 50 fantasy points respectively. With the Broncos being comfortably ahead in the second half, both players were managed and had limited outputs accordingly. No need to stress over either player, they, and they aren't holds, and they are holds, sorry, until round 13. Moving into the Warriors and Panthers game, this is a great game of footy to watch, especially with plenty fantasy rele- relevant options. The big one here is for Cleary owners who chinned this week and made up some valuable ground on those who captained Nico. Back goal kicking again, and he did not register a try, try assist, or line break in his score of 92 fantasy points. 31 tackles, 156 run metres and a huge 690 kick metres gave him a base of a whopping 69 fantasy points. My only concern though is a lack of flow in the Panthers' attack at the moment. Clearly will be a cle- Cleary sorry, will be a top two half that coaches should consider holding through the origin period. After a few lean weeks though, Edwards bounced back with 73 fantasy points. With changes to the Penrith's attacking style, Edwards is finding his hands on the ball a lot more. Playing in a strong Panthers team helps the accumulation of 39 points this week through tries, try assists, line breaks, line break assists, and tackle busts. But I see this as being somewhat repeatable. With upcoming games against the Roosters and Broncos and a buy in round 13, consider buying at round 14 as a top-tier keeper wing fullback option. SJ continues to dominate, registering 67 fantasy points, back running the footy and registering 841 kick metres in this game. With the Warriors only scoring one try, SJ only registered two line breaks and three tackle busts in this game. He'll be a great option to consider through the origin period, and he may even be a captaincy option. Hosking received a breather again this week, but still racked up 65 fantasy points. With Garner now fit, he looks to have secured that edge spot. The only issue is the minutes that Salmon takes off both edges each week. Consider holding him right through the origin period, potentially becoming an edge keeper or bench player in your final 17 come season's end. I can't believe I'm going to say this, and Andy might have a word to me later in the week, but Tohu Harris is interesting. Back to 80 minutes and registering 64 fantasy points this week. This comprised of 48 tackles and 155 run metres just in base. 
The concern here isn't his output, it's the durability. He'll open up at close to 660k and with a higher BE in round 11 before a round 12 buy, Harris could be a cut price pickup come round 13 with a favourable buy schedule. Lenu is someone we need to track moving into the origin period. Although his score of 56 points in 44 minutes included a try and line break, Lenu is regularly playing close to 40 minutes now each week and historically has a 1 PPM. Priced at 30 fantasy points, he may be an option to consider over the origin period, especially with Yo away on rep duties. Fingers crossed he didn't take a punt on Fisher-Harris this week, especially registering 43 fantasy points in 40 minutes. With only 104 run metres and 19 tackles, Fisher-Harris is definitely a watch again this week. Harris may be a... Harris... Tohu Harris, sorry, may be a better point scoring and value option to consider come round 13. The famous line break saved Ford's score. Another six missed tackles along with an error, penalty conceded in Sinbin, did not help his output. The concern now is is his availability over the next two weeks after not returning to the field following his sin binning. With him potentially missing the next two weeks, he's a sell, although the mid-edge duel will be very handy to navigate the buy rounds. CNK's score of 29 was saved by 191 run metres. A game that was predominantly played through the middle meant some outside backs did not score well. The Warriors had a lack of field position inside the Penrith's 20-metre zone, resulting in CNK racking up a lack of attacking stats with only three tackle busts and one offload to hand. Consider holding CNK through the Warriors' round 12 bye due to his round 13 availability. McInnes held onto the starting lock position in the Shark and Dolphins game. His output of 59 tackles and 91 run metres in 53 minutes was aided by a wave of possession that the Dolphins had. A score of 67 will now mean he starts to make some cash and could potentially be a hold through until the difficult round 16 buy if he maintains a starting role. It was interesting to note Fitz's assessment that Finucane needed to be worked back into his role, only playing 38 minutes this week. JMK continues to impress. With 62 fantasy points this week, he continues to go th- he continues to go through his floor due to the registration of attacking stats. He is currently one of the form hookers in the comp. Although having a buy in round 11, JMK may be the perfect downgrade option for Grant and Cook owners come the origin period. Purchases of Lemuelu were banking on a strong round 10 performance. He delivered with 59 fantasy points in 75 minutes, although he did go for a HIA assessment just before half-time. This output on the weekend included a try, line break, 25 tackles, 3 tackle busts and 106 run metres. While holding that starting left edge role, he's a keeper centre option. With Nikarima playing at 5'8", the amount of ball he demands and passes on to Lemuelo is encouraging. Opening up at close to 630k, you're paying top dollar for him, but with a lack of reliable gun wing fullback options currently, he may be a buyer that allows you to shift Manu back to your wing fullbacks. Valence Tafari here, fantasy output of 59 points was absolutely outstanding. Defensively, he was fanned out on the right edge, and this may impact his job security moving forward. Although the Finns have a round 11 bye, track Aiken's hamstring injury with Tafari on the watch list as he will have a huge negative BE and could be a perfect cheek wing fullback downgrade come round 13. Isaiah Katoa continues to impress with another mid-40 score netting coaches, 30k in price rises. With only three missed tackles, a try, a line break, help Katoa go through his floor. It is a concern that Nikarima demanded so much ball at 5'8". 
Milford also dominated the general play kicking when Nikarima shifted to left centre. If you still own Katoa, consider holding him through the Finns round 11 bye for round 13, where he can then be moved on in round 14. Flicko the Nico. After Hines was a huge trade target for coaches this week, he only recorded 38 fantasy points. 14 demerits hindered his output. The Sharks made a stack of errors and consequently they had a lack of field position. He'll bounce back next week, but for owners of both Cleary and Hines, the question is now, who do you captain? As this week proved that Nico can have the odd down game. The Hammer recorded 31 fantasy points, including a try and turnover tackle. A reduction in attacking stats through tackle busts, try assists, line breaks and line break assists has hindered his output over the last four weeks. With a buy next week, Hammer is a borderline sell depending on your round 13 cover. After losing approximately 17k this week, he will again have a higher break even in round 12. If holding for the first major buy round, he is definitely a sell come round 14. Moving into the Storms, Storm vs Rabbitohs game, which was an incredibly low fantasy scoring. Munster and Grant both scored 55 fantasy points and are top tier options in their respective positions. Both players are a hold through until round 13, where you then may elect to move them on depending on your squad's cover. Trent Liero continues to reward coaches who held him last week, registering 49 fantasy points in 73 minutes. He's all base with a repeatable output allowing him to still make another 50k over the next three weeks. With a buy in round 13, but then having a clear run through until round 19, Liero is a clear hold, but can be used as a path to make an upgrade downgrade in the coming weeks. Nass let down those who brought him in this week as a pot option. His 42 points in 48 minutes did not ac- did include, however, a try save and four tackle busts. Positive sign, though, is he did only manage to get one offload away to hand in 76 run metres. This won't be the case in the coming weeks, so those run metres will increase. No cause to be concerned yet, particularly due to playing in round, rounds 14, 16 and 17. Cookie's starting to bleed some cash. With only 35 tackles, 2 tackle busts and 89 run metres, he managed to score 41 points this weekend. Consider selling Cook immediately, as he will be a trade out come round 13. A huge shout out to Jacob Host after his 40 point performance this weekend. He revived his cash generation career with the potential to make 50k over the next 3 weeks. He is definitely not a trade in, but a hold for those owners who remain faithful. He is a valuable round 13 player particularly with popular edges, including Hosking, Preston, and Liera on the buy. This was a huge, uh, I suppose, turning point for me in the game, and that was Latrell Mitchell. He's one of the biggest grubs in the NRL. The way he handled Grant and Munster in separate tackles proved his arrogance and dirtiness. Not a good look for the game, especially during Magic Round. In terms of fantasy, though, season-low run meters and having not scored a try for the first time in his last five games resulted in Latrell only registering 33 fantasy points. Consider holding Luttrell through until round 13, as he will potentially be a top-tier wing fullback option. Totola only played 34 minutes in this one, registering 30 fantasy points. Over the last two weeks, he has offensively and defensively passed the eye test, making 22 tackles for no misses this week. Track Totola, but avoid him until playing 45-plus minutes. Put him on your watch list. Finally, Murray's been a huge disappointment for coaches, recording only 28 points in 54 minutes. With Origin and 13 demerits, the absence of attacking stats, and a reduced work rate this week, he is a definite sell. Opening up at mid-700k, JDB may be a great straight swap option for him. 
Let's move on to the Tigers and Dragons here, Shawnee. Yeah, mate. So for the Tigers side, the big one was Dream Buller backing up with another great score of 45. He's nearly a must-have at this point with so few genuine cash cows popping up and will continue to have a really good price-wise this week and might even ha- reach negative break-evens. And Shoney can perform well no matter the conditions or how the Tigers do play. It was another great week for Jack DeBellin with 71 fantasy points. He had a small spell at the back end of the second half, was busy in the middle and chipped in with a few attacking stats to get his points moving. If you don't think he plays Origin, he's a fantastic option over the buy period, especially anyone holding Murray and is looking to move him on. Coming off the bench, Jaden Sullivan scored two tries and finished on 58 fantasy points. Priced at 342 before the round. If he gets a start next week, he could be a great buy. He does have a really good run game and dominated the kicking when he was on the field. A sneaky option on the edge for coaches may be Jaden Sewer, who's had his third straight week of 50-plus scores after getting a 52 this week and is a good target for round 13 and over the origin period, as I don't see him playing for the Maroons. Weirdly, Jack Bird did have a spell after 30 minutes in the game, but still managed to pump out a 51 with a good PPM through the middle and was really aggressive in his work. He's still a buy for coaches without him as he won't lose any money this week, which is great, and should really clean up his demerits to be an elite centre option going forward. But it would be really nice to have him back on that edge to be playing 80 minutes. Anyone that thought Ben Hunt might be a good option at hooker should probably change their mind at this point. He got a 31 and had 11 missed tackles in his game. He did When he was defending, he did bring a lot of line speed and was that first man up, which meant he bumped off a lot and didn't have the kicking or attacking meet stats in the hooker that he would usually have in the halves. And lastly, one of the weirder things in Magic Round was the way Tyrell Sloan played. He had some good moments and then some shocking moments like at the back end of the first half and ended up on nine fantasy points. How he lines up in your team going forward is really lineup dependent. If you have some solid cover for wing fullback in round 13, he's a sell. But if you don't, it may be time just to hold him until round 13, then look to move him on in 14. So for the Roosters-Cowboys game, for the return of Billy Smith, the heavens decided to open up and it was a scrappy game to start there. And the Roosters are really having some issues gelling in attack. We'll start with the man himself, Billy Smith, who Corby loves. He looked great from the, on the Roosters' left side and was one of their best, finishing with 58 fantasy points, including 25 tackles, 7 tackle breaks, and 2 line break assists. At near basement price, he could be a great picker for anyone looking to move Hammer, but with the way the Roosters are going, he could easily be the first one to make way from that team as better players come in or Walker returns to the halves. Another great game for Brandon Smith, even though he did look a little bit uncomfortable out there to end the game. From a footy perspective, I don't see how he's a hooker. He makes some poor decisions with the ball, but fantasy-wise, he was great. He had 40 tackles and seems to be a great mid or hooker cover come origin if you want to take that risk again. Crichton played some big minutes with Egan Bookster's HIA and a late try brought him up to 51. It'll be interesting to see how his prices and his origin selection statuses come round 13 because he could be great cover over that period and really underpriced at that point. Uh, For anyone that had Joey Marnie, he finished on a 41 and did look a little bit lost at times in attack, getting most of his points from some bump-off tackle breaks. He's still a great option and generally has a pretty nice recount over the last few weeks. 
but the disjointed Roosters attack isn't helping us fantasy scores at this point. For Cowboys fans and fantasy coaches of Ruben Cotter, we got what we all wanted with 68 minutes in the middle and a start, and he was able to pump out a 71 with a try. His big minutes did let him get 51 points in base, which is what we can expect when Cotter gets over 60 minutes, but being so close to origin, he is in a void. Last one in this game is Helam Lukey. Coming back from a hamstring injury, it was a little bit frustrating to watch him out there play only 55 minutes and finish on 19 points. He wasn't able to get any offloads or tackle breaks that we're used to, and he wasn't as busy in defense, but that really comes from a load management standpoint coming from an ACL and a hamstring injury, and coaches that did get him, just be patient for what you're hoping for in those rewards in the coming weeks. The last... The last game to finish up on was the Titans and Eels. It just finished. A couple of big scores from Tino and David Fafita. At this point, they're definitely avoids coming into origin. Even though a 71 and a 69 are great, they're not worth coming in now, especially with some better options that won't play origin. Another one that kickstarted its price rises was AKP getting off 47 off two tries and nearly having over 200 run meters, which was great. He's a hold up until round 14 at least, and he'd probably carry over to help with that, some of that coverage in origin. For the Eels, Dylan Brown was outstanding for them with a 74 with a try assist, two try assists, two line breaks, two line break assists as well. If you're looking for a round 13 half option and don't have SJ or Katoa, he's a great choice at this point. But again, just being mindful of how many Eels players you do have in your team. Madison and Opgood still both had really good outputs and didn't really compete with each other too much on that end. Madison with a 62 and Hopgood with a 56. Again, both the holds. If you hadn't had Hopgood yet, he's a great option now, but just again, depending on your Eels coverage. And lastly, the big one is Mitchell Moses. Only f- He finished on 28 fantasy points, but did get knocked out in that game and will be ruled out for next week. For any coaches that did manage to pick him up, he is a definite hold but he's someone that you may not be able to get at round 13 because of a high break-even at this point. Beautiful. Thanks, Shawnee. Fingers crossed everyone makes it home safe after a big win and at Magic Round. The boys will be back on Tuesday with the regular TLT show. Until then, catch you guys.